Welcome to the Halftime Huddle, a podcast for the gutsy women calling Aussie sport their own. I'm Sarah. And I'm Taylor. And today's guest is Annabelle Smith, who won a bronze medal in the last Olympics. She's a Melbourne girl who's been on the world diving stage for 10 years now. Three Commonwealth Games and two Olympic Games later, welcome Annabelle. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining us today. First off, we're going to start with a pretty broad question, but it is a really weird time in the world. Tell us how you are. Oh, well, thanks for having me on, firstly, guys. I'm very happy to be here. I am doing okay. As you said, it's been a very challenging time, but um, I'm just trying to, you know, keep some perspective and realise that we've all just kind of got to do the right thing until this virus passed. But I've been up and down on the roller coaster like everyone, I think. But right now, today, the sun is out, so I'm having a good day. What have you been up to this year? And how have you found yourself staying sane during the pandemic? Yeah, well, this year started off pretty normal. Um, you know, our sort of season for diving usually kicks off around February. And so... Um, at the end of February, I'd followed my coach over to Adelaide, who relocated over there earlier in the year and was just training, working up to our first competition at the end of Feb and actually headed overseas to Canada for a World Series event um, and competed. And that was kind of just at the very beginning of whispers of coronavirus happening. Um, and pretty much we came home from that event with another competition supposed to be in a week's time, but that got cancelled and then everything started shutting down and I headed back to Melbourne to start lockdown. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been sort of, what, five or so months now since the beginning of it all. And as I said before, I've definitely gone up and down in waves, but um, we've been throwing a lot of curveballs and I think it's it's been nice because everyone's in it together. So there's lots of support out out and about but um yeah definitely been challenging and have had to go through uh resetting goals and um just trying to yeah stay motivated and stay positive I guess yeah because as you say it all happens so quick you know as you said you were meant to have another competition and within a week it got cancelled and things really started shutting down I think particularly for Australia because we do often feel so far removed from things it was really only people like you who were overseas that really knew about it and then for the rest of yeah. us, it really caught us by surprise. Yeah, definitely. I remember being on the plane on the way over and coming home and there was like an odd one or two people wearing a mask and we were kind of joking about it then because we didn't realise <laughs> obviously the snowball that was going to come. But um, yeah, as soon as we got home, it was like one competition got cancelled and then the next and then the next and then all of a sudden the Olympics was postponed. So it definitely happened very quickly, um, which I think is why a lot of people struggled with that um, you know, incoming hurricane of emotions of, you know, what do we do now? So, um, yeah, it's been a very odd year. <laughs> oh, yeah. And apart from the obvious things that you just spoke about, how else has your year plan changed? I think, you know, obviously I am usually really busy the first half of the year with competitions and travelling back and forth. So I'm actually not in Melbourne that often at all. So it has been nice to be home in my own bed, in my own apartment, Um, cooking my own meals has been really nice but yeah you know I I try and keep myself busy outside of the pool as well and do lots of school talks and um, different presentations to corporates and things through the VIS um, which I've obviously not been able to do a lot of when I have been home but thankfully a lot of those things have now gone online as most of our worlds have so I've been able to keep doing that a little bit virtually um, and that's been really good as a nice little distraction but I guess just not being able to see family and friends as much. Usually that is all I'm doing when I am home. So that's been really challenging. But 
as I said, everyone's kind of in the same boat. So we're all in it together. How's the diving world changed? What does it look like for the future? It's been interesting because I think the hardest thing for everyone to wrap their heads around is just all of the unknowns. Um, And if I put that in the context of diving, as I said, one competition kind of got cancelled and we were still waiting to have our World Cup competition, which was the Olympic, the last Olympic qualifier in April. And obviously that got cancelled. And, you know, initially they said it would be later in the year, but now it's moved to February. And I think it's just really difficult to be able to focus at training and reset your goals when you don't really know what you're training for um, because we don't have set dates of anything. Obviously the Olympics has been postponed to next year, but that still is not a guarantee depending on how things go with this virus. Um, So yeah, you know, I had one competition for the year and then the season was fully wiped and we don't really know when we'll ever be able to compete again domestically, let alone internationally. So it's definitely a a weird space for a lot of athletes to be in. Absolutely. Uh, Have you found that you've had to do a lot of work on mental work on staying motivated when you haven't got those I suppose, deadlines to reach and those competitions to train for? Yeah, 100%. Um, I was obviously super devastated at the beginning when the Olympics were postponed because, you know, we spent four years in a cycle leading up to the Olympics and it, to be pulled out from under, underneath us right at the end um, was pretty rough. And, you know, it changes. You put a lot on hold to train for the Olympics, so it changes up um, other things in your life as well. But Yeah, I kind of had to, you know, I spoke a lot with my sports psych and my coaches and had to pick myself back up just to, um, you know, accept what had happened and accept that the next few months was going to be a bit weird and motivation was going to come in and out. But just to keep busy and try and do little things to, um, you know, stay in shape because obviously our training was reduced a lot as well. Um, And that's been a nice distraction when I can train. But yeah, just, I don't know, just accepting that it's a pretty crappy time and that's okay, but we'll get through it and um, just keep moving out the other end, hopefully. Good way to see it. Let's rewind before COVID life and let's chat about your journey. Why diving and how did it come about? How did you get started? Yeah, so as a kid, I was super sporty and had endless amounts of energy. So my parents kind of put me in as many sports as they could just to, you know, allow me to expend all of my energy um so I played netball I did little athletics I played soccer but I always had a natural aerial awareness and you know taught myself backflips on my trampoline um was always cartwheeling down my hallway so my parents put me in a holiday program one time for diving because my cousin was doing it at the time and the coaches saw I had a bit of talent and asked me to join up to the normal term program so I just did that a couple times a week on top of my other sports for a year or so. Um, and then a high performance program actually started in Melbourne for the first time for junior aged kids. And I tried out for that and got accepted into the program. And that's pretty much from when I was 13 onwards, gave up my other sports and started training 10 times a week, 30 hours a week for diving. So it's been <laughs> over 10 years now, which is crazy. I feel very old in my sport now. Um, <laughs> but I've definitely, you know, I've had a really great career so far and have been able to compete at three Commonwealth Games and two Olympic Games. And, um, yeah, I'm really hoping that Tokyo goes ahead and can make my third Olympic team next year. What was the <laughs> turning point that you decided that you wanted to take the sport professionally? Was it because you got into the high-performance camp? Uh, yeah, I think... You know, diving was still something super new and challenging and it was a really different sport for me that 
you know, I was able to progress really quickly and you're always learning new things because most of the movements are pretty foreign. Um, so I was just hooked from the start and I had a really great group of um, kids who were in the high performance program with me and we were all great friends and it just made training really fun. So ha making that commitment wasn't so hard for me. I think it was more challenging for my family to have to, you know, my parents waking up at 5am to drive me to training and driving me home again at 8pm at night. So yeah, it was, it was challenging for everyone. But once I was in that routine and it just became my normal and something that I was so used to. Early on when we first started, we had Laura Hingston come on for an episode and she mentioned that she was moving to Adelaide as well. Are you guys close? Um, because I know she competes um, well internationally and she hoped to go to Olymp the Olympics this year as well. Yeah, so um, Laura and I train in the same group. Um, so there's about five of us in our group at the moment and our coach did relocate to Adelaide um, at the end of last year. So she was going to move over um, full time, but I never sort of committed to that full move because I was often going to be overseas at competitions and my synchro partner actually lives in Brisbane. So I spend a lot of time in Brisbane as well. Um, so yeah, I was kind of moving all around, but um, because we've all been stuck in Melbourne since quarantine, we've started slowly training again at the moment and we're all back um, training together in Melbourne. So that's been good. Yeah, cool. So has your coach had to come to Melbourne as well? No, that's been a challenge. He's actually stayed in Adelaide. So there is another junior coach in Melbourne who coaches the younger VIS group, um, the Victorian Institute of Sport group, but they're actually unable to access the facilities at the moment because there is a really small amount who are allowed to because of the COVID restrictions. So he's been looking after us, but our coach in Adelaide has been writing all our programs and is in constant communication with us. So it's been a bit challenging, but um, we've tried to make it work the best that we can. How is it now living in Melbourne um, and actually being in Melbourne for an extended period of time? Yeah, it's strange because... Um, you know, I was talking to one of my friends the other day and usually when I am in Melbourne, like I mentioned um, earlier, I do try and see my friends and my family and make the most of that time that I am home because it is kind of few and far between. Um, but it's just been hard because I can't, as much as I'm here, um, you know, there's little bits in, in the middle there where we could go out and see a couple of people at a time. But most of the time I've been locked up in my apartment. So yeah, I kind of could be anywhere right now and it'd be the same, <laughs> but... I'm hoping that when we come out of this soon that I will be able to catch up with um, more people and, you know, get out back to the cafes and just go out for dinner with my friends and have a good time. So I'm hoping that is very soon. Yeah, you're so right. You honestly, as long as you've got a laptop or a phone at the moment, you really could be on the moon. <laughs> and you just yeah, just... I wish I could just fly to a deserted island and be on the beach <laughs> somewhere. But I wish I could in Bora Bora. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, as you mentioned, you've had to do a lot of moving around and, and you've got to follow your coach and then obviously travel for, for competitions and you sort of have to go wherever the diving competitions are and, and where the best yeah. training opportunities are for you. And it is a pretty individual sport unless you're doing synchro. So how yeah. have you found it all? How do you, do you find it isolating being in a pretty individual sport? Do you find the traveling lonely? How do you manage that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, that is one of the, you know, harder parts about my job and especially being from Melbourne where we haven't historically had the best support um, because of various different reasons, but there is a big pool to be in other states. And as I said, um, I, my synchro partner is in Brisbane, but 
you know, I've lived in Brisbane a couple of times. I moved up there when I finished school and made my first Olympics training in Brisbane, but then came home a year later, went back up there. So I have moved around quite a bit. And most of the times where I have come back home, it's because I have been pretty homesick and just, um, you know, it gets, it does get pretty isolating when your family and friends are elsewhere. And if training becomes your number one priority and you don't have as much balance in your life, it, you know, it, is not very enjoyable and um, made me go a little bit crazy for a, um, a minute there. But I have worked out a better routine now where, you know, if I do have to be interstate or overseas, I always schedule in time back at home, um, even if it's a weekend here or there. But making sure I stay connected as well when I'm away is something that um, has really helped. But I guess it's just part of it. It's made me super resilient. It's made me very independent. Um, but yeah, it definitely sometimes is a bit lonely, uh, but I guess it's just all part of the package. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you say you went a bit crazy there, what does it look like when you, when you lose balance of things? How do you get yourself back on track and how do you pull yourself up when you realise that maybe you are losing a bit of balance? Yeah, um, I definitely have gone through waves of just, you know, lacking motivation, lacking energy, just probably just overtraining a little bit and just being exhausted and not really having that um, support system outside of the pool. It's kind of, you know, when I was growing up and mum and dad would drive me around everywhere and no matter what happened at school or at training that day, I come home to my family and don't have to think about diving. So when you are interstate living on your own and you kind of don't really have those soundboards to let it out after a hard session or a tough day or whatever. So um, yeah, it's not that much fun, but I think a lot of athletes definitely go through that um, at times in their career. And, you know, sometimes for me, as I've gotten older and with more experience, you realize what does help you to get out of those little ruts. And for me, it might just be taking a session off or, um, you know, going for a drive somewhere. Um, If I was in Brisbane, I'd go down to the Gold Coast and hang out. I'd have a couple of cousins that live down there. So just distracting and um, resetting, refreshing and just getting some energy back before, um, yeah, then getting back to work. Despite being in an individual sport, do you feel like you have a team to celebrate success? Yeah, it is. Um, we have a national squad of athletes. So it is weird because we are an individual sport, um, but obviously some people do synchro as well, but they're still your competitors in the individual events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we travel as a team and when we are part of, you know, Commonwealth Games or an Olympic Games, broader Australian team with all the different sports, um, the camaraderie within our Australian teams is really great. And, um, you know, we have so many support staff also who work with us day in and day out to make us be better athletes. And they put a lot of time and effort into us. So they're there to celebrate our wins, but also, you know, catch us when we may not have wins and have losses. So yeah, it's, it's a, it is a team effort. I definitely could not, um, you know, compete at to the level that I do without the team around me. And that includes family and friends who I, you know, call and FaceTime and catch up with when I'm home um, when I can. So it's definitely a joint, a joint effort. How do you manage that oscillation between being a competitor against someone and then them possibly being your team member in the next event? How do you mentally kind of change from competing against them to being you know having a shared invested interest well I think so my synchro partner Maddie um she's an amazing diver and one of the best female springboard divers in the world so I have a lot of respect for her and her diving and um you know it's a really great 
opportunity for me to be able to do synchro next to her. So our relationship is really good outside of the pool. Uh, we're pretty different people, um, have different interests, but at the pool we get along really well and always are laughing and joking and having a good time. So our relationship when we're doing synchro together is really natural and we're pretty relaxed um, and like to sort of like take the competition, you know, pretty easy and not um, sort of focus too hard or like be super quiet or anything. We try and keep the mood pretty chill. Um, but then as soon as we compete against each other in individual, we both just do our own thing. And, you know, Maddie sets herself up in her little area. I set myself up in my area and we have separate coaches. So we kind of then just run our own routine and um, it's a little more focused in individual than when we're in a synchro pair together and can, you know, have someone else to bounce your nerves off or whatever. So it just kind of works. Diving's a really small sport, so everyone's pretty close um, and you just kind of get to know everyone's personalities and how everyone will mesh well. Yeah, I suppose it'd be different yeah. if you had the same coach for both. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But you did say that your, well, your synchro partner, she lives in Brisbane. Um, yeah. Is this during the competition season as well? Because how can you practice together if you are living in different states? Is it like on Zoom or I don't know, now <laughs> we're really good at all the virtual things. So how, yeah. how does that work? Well, we haven't tried Zoom yet, but we might have to, I think, um, if I can't get out of Melbourne anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I used to train there as well. So at the start of our um, synchro pairing, we were living in Brisbane um, and training together. And you we were sort of matched with someone based on your, um, you know, what you're both the best at. So Maddie and I are both very powerful divers and can jump really high. So that's why we were matched together. Um, but once you get that timing down pat, um, if you do spend time apart, when you go back together again and have one or two sessions, you can generally figure out your timing pretty easily. So usually leading into a competition season, I'll spend a bit of time up in Brisbane. Maddie will come down to Melbourne or go to Adelaide, wherever I might be. And then we always go away for competitions together. So have a lot of training time when we are overseas. Uh, so it works. It's not ideal, but I was planning on spending a lot more time up there leading into Tokyo, but obviously our plans got thrown out the door so we'll have to reassess and see what the moves movements will be for next year yeah yeah so it'll be a bit of a readjustment I think once the end yeah. of the year comes and everyone knows what the hell is gonna go on <laughs> yeah speaking of Tokyo you have already had some very significant Olympic success <laughs> talk us through winning a bronze medal uh, in the 2016 games and yeah talk to talk to us about the Olympic experience what's it like how do you feel when you think back to the Olympic Games what are some really key moments of that? The Olympics is definitely something that is pretty hard to describe you know I know so many kids and I was one of them dreamt of going to the Olympics one day I think my first memory of the Olympics was watching Kathy Freeman run her infamous 200, uh, 400 meter gold medal race in mm. Sydney and I think just watching that and I did a little ass at the time and I just said to my parents like oh I, I want to I want to be wearing the green and gold. I want to go to the Olympics one day. And, you know, mm -hmm. as nice parents that I had, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, pat me on the shoulder. Like, yeah, you're, you know, keep dreaming. Like, sure, honey. Didn't actually, <laughs> yeah, didn't actually realize that, that one day that would become a reality. So when I was announced on my first Olympic team in 2012 for London, it was just obviously a dream come true. And the whole experience in London, I was just honestly starstruck by the incredible athletes that were around me in the village mm -hmm. and, you know, I had photos with Usain Bolt and David Beckham. Um, you know, I, I was in the food hall one day and I saw Andy Murray going to scoop up some yogurt out of one of the um, 
plates that were, you know, one of the fruit and yogurt areas. And as soon as he walked away, I just ran up and touched the same spoon. Just to <laughs> say I touched the same spoon as Andy Murray. So that's getting you know, a bit I'm weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I said, I'm I was a sports nut, so just being around all these like idols of mine, I was starstruck. But um, you know, we I did three meter synchro at that event as well, and came fifth with my synchro partner at the time, Charlene, and. It was a really great experience, but definitely a lot of it was a bit of a blur because I just was so, you know, up in the stars. Um, You're and too busy collecting into... their stray hairs and their phone yeah, yeah. clippings. <laughs> Getting my photo album going. Strong, yeah. so that was good. Um, but yeah, then I guess leading into Rio, you know, I had four years of extra experience and I now knew what to expect going to the Olympics. So I definitely tried to have a little bit more focus um, and, you know, Maddie and I had competed really well leading into the Olympics. So we had some pressure on us because we were sort of in the chance or in the mix for the medals. Um, but yeah, it was a completely different experience from London. Obviously, Rio, there was some security issues and the facilities were quite different. And for us, the competition was actually in an outdoor pool, which we are usually used to having a roof over our heads. Um, so that brought some different challenges. But yeah, to go through that competition and it's always interesting at the Olympics, you probably don't get the best performance out of some people because of, you know, all the external factors. But Maddie and I happened to come up at the end of that competition in third place and to win a bronze medal and, oh, you just feel this huge weight lifted off your shoulders and you're just so proud to be wearing your Australian tracksuit. Um, and, yeah, standing on the podium and seeing our flag rise in third position and seeing our teammates at the end of the pool was a moment that I'll definitely cherish forever. Is there a little bit more pressure in the Olympics coming up? Like, do you feel like that you have to place? Yeah, I think, you know, same sort of thing. Maddie and I have been really consistent over the last four years. So we were definitely in a position where, um, you know, we're in the judges' eyes and in our competitors' eyes as a medal chance. But I think, you know, that's kind of a known and I feel that. But if you focus on that, it's never really going to work out too well for you. So we just focus on doing our best at training and preparing as best as we can. Um, so leading into next year, whatever happens, I'm sure the preparation will look pretty different compared to what we're used to, but everyone around the world is in the same boat. So it's just going to be whoever can adapt to the situations and, um, you know, keep training hard and who those people will be the ones that come out on top at the end of the day. How do you think that is going to look? Have you guys already had to start shifting your training for the Olympics next year or are you sort of all just trying to stay fit and seeing what happens or what's what's happening with that? It's been really challenging because especially in Melbourne going back into um, some pretty strict lockdown our training was heavily affected whereas the rest of this Australia have kind of been training as normal oh, yeah. um, so it is a bit tough because sometimes you kind of feel well it's like a little bit unfair and um, you know my competitors and my synchro partner can keep training but you know we don't have access to a gym so I'm doing squats in my living room right now and our training hours are definitely reduced but um, the good thing is there is no rush at the moment and things are pretty much put off until next year so um, we did try and apply for exemptions to get out of Melbourne except unfortunately I think um, much of Melbourne tried to do the same especially a lot of the <laughs> Olympic athletes so we were denied <laughs> um, oh but god yeah, we just kind of got to wait it out now and just hope that um, things do pick up. And yeah, there's so many unknowns. We've just got to kind of ride the wave and just keep following what, what's going on. So fingers crossed, a bit more consistency next year, but we'll just wait and see. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, so on to something a little bit more positive. Is there a memory that you have? It can be Olympics or Com Games or it may not even be that at all. What's the best memory that you have from diving? What's something that you always come back to when you think about how much you love it? Oh, I definitely would say 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. Um, being able to experience a home games, a home multi-sport event um, was really special. I was for the first time in my career, able to have my entire family, my extended family, my grandma, my school friends, so many people were able to come up to the Gold Coast and be in those stands to support um, not only me, but the whole Australian team. So yeah, it is a definitely another feeling when you stand out on a diving board and, you know, we only really get big crowds at the big events. Um, so having your name announced and the whole crowd cheering for you because the whole crowd is cheering for the Australians, uh, was just, yeah, it was spine tingling, I guess. And I was able to win a three meter individual bronze medal. And, you know, my sister and my cousins have footage of my mom and my grandma and everyone just like screaming and crying. And <laughs> it was just really special to, um, yeah, have those memories. And that's definitely a time that I'll cherish forever. Wow. What an amazing moment, especially doing it on Australian soil. But you did have some injuries during your career, such as slicing your finger in half back in 2014 <laughs> as someone yes. who is in the water at incredible speeds how do you manage your injuries injuries I guess are um they're part of sport and you're always going to come across them but I've been pretty fortunate I haven't done haven't had too much time out of diving because of injuries but yeah back in the day I did have a little accident in the gym where my finger got caught between a bar and a box that I was standing on um so I had to have microsurgery to put that back together um, that I had two pins sticking out of my finger, so I couldn't get my hand or my body really wet for a couple of months, which was very hard and difficult for my parents to have me at home with all this energy and couldn't go anywhere. So um, <laughs> that was pretty rough. But apart from that, I've had a little bit of shoulder, um, like chronic shoulder pain. I've sprained some ribs, rolled an ankle, um, just sort of like little things here and there. But as you get older, your training definitely becomes or has a much higher focus on prehab and exercises that are going to um, prevent you from getting injured. Um, so yeah, a lot of my warm up these days is just doing little exercises to activate all the little muscles that you don't really think about or have to worry about when you're young because you're a bit more mobile. So yeah, 15 years down the track of all the impact and spinning and jumping and twisting has had its toll, but I'm trying to stay in one piece and just have to put in a little bit more effort into my recovery these days. We've mentioned that the Olympic plans have sort of been thrown into disarray this year and, and you know, that much is obvious for athletes of your calibre. But outside of that, what's next for you? What are you sort of planning once things get back to normal and, and what do you foresee as, you know, the next steps for you? Well, outside of diving, I've done, um, I did my Bachelor in Exercise and Sports Science so I don't necessarily uh, want to be a sports scientist in the future, but I definitely want to stay in elite sport, a high performance sport if I can. I'm a um, lover of footy and would love to work at Richmond Footy Club down the track, maybe something for the Olympic movement as well. Um, I love public speaking and doing all the talks with the school kids and um, mentoring some younger athletes. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen after diving, but um 
you know, I definitely know that things will work out and um, yeah, I'm excited for that journey as well. <laughs> Annabelle, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We wish you the very best in your future, well, the future competitions and also the Olympics next year. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Halftime Huddle. Please like, subscribe and rate us to help connect more like-minded listeners. Stay up to date with what we're up to on our Instagram page, Halftime Huddle Pod. We'll be back on your ears next week with another fresh episode.